Mr. Barton, senior partner in the firm of Barton and Wicklow, which has an excellent county connection and a good reputation for handling old buildings with care and discretion. The only fault that a critic can find with Mellings is that it is so near the water, but the foundations and cellars are in excellent condition and the riverbank along the south front is so strongly embanked and terraced that no complaint of damp has ever been heard and the house is excellently heated. Mr. Barton had had a hard struggle with Lord Pomfret before he could install central heating, his lordship having the firm conviction that only foreigners like their houses warm. When Mr. Barton had at last overruled these patriotic objections, his lordship brought forward the unanswerable argument that his grandfather never did that sort of thing. Mr. Barton had enough self-control not to point out to his landlord that the fifth's earl, early death at twenty-one, due to drinking damnation to his trustees for a week on end, when after a long minority he came of age, had hardly given him a chance to show his feelings about central heating, a science then in its infancy. He bided his time. A month later, Lord Pomfret, growling with fury, was ordered abroad for his rheumatism. His agent, Mr. Hoare, was empowered to act for him in his absence. Roddy Wicklow, son of Mr. Barton's partner, had just gone into Mr. Hoare's office, and Mr. Barton got his way. When once the heating was installed, Mr. Barton had no fault at all to find in his house. The fine, original Jacobean building on the north, where the kitchen and servants were now housed, the large, dignified south front, which was added about 1760, were described in every guidebook, though not all of them mentioned what was perhaps, in its master's eyes, its most peculiar beauty. This was a two-storey gardener's cottage, which the genius of Repton had changed in or about 1803, from an uncompromising but comfortable brick house to a small-scale model of the Parthenon, with pillars and portico that cut off all light and air from the interior. Of all this, Mr. Barton was a passionate lover and a faithful guardian, finding it of infinite comfort when his wife seemed farther away than usual. Mrs. Barton was well known as the author of several learned historical novels about the more obscure bastards of popes and cardinals, with a wealth of documentation that overawed reviewers. Owing to living so much in the 15th and 16th centuries, she sometimes found it difficult to remember where she was. She was an excellent housekeeper, who never failed to care for her family and give them good food, and all the servants adored her. But though she never obtruded her work, or spoke of it as if it mattered, she only had to go into her sitting-room and take up a paper or a book, to be at once engulfed in the ocean of the past— reliving with intensity the lives of people about whom little was known and whose very existence was dubious. When the tide ebbed, leaving her stranded upon the shores of everyday life, she would emerge in a dazed condition to preside at her own table or take a fitful interest in her neighbours. Her own son and daughter she treated rather as amusing guests who happened to be making a prolonged stay, though her anxiety for Alice a delicate girl, the younger by several years, pursued her, even among her books and research. Her husband 
had long ago given up any hope of competing with the illegitimate offspring of poisoners and intriguers. He was a successful and busy man, and his life was a full one. When, at rare intervals, he allowed himself to feel that something was wanting, he took refuge in the beauty of his house. If Mrs. Barton had been abroad too long collecting material, her husband might be found at odd times in the drawing-room, filling his eyes with the charm of the exquisitely proportioned white panels, or on the stairs, affectionately fingering the carved balustrade, absorbing their quiet beauty, something that restored him to his usual outward calm. On a cold morning in January, as Mr. Barton sat at breakfast in his warm dining-room, he congratulated himself for the hundredth time on having got the better of Lord Pomfret in the matter of the heating. On the previous night, he had been dining at the Towers and had...